particular focus on what makes your firm different? Why do clients choose your firm over, over other firms? What makes our firm very different is that we are delivering big agency results with personalized service. A lot of big agencies use fairly junior people to do the work um, with senior people managing them. With some big agencies, clients don't even get to talk to the people who are pitching their companies to the media. Some have segmented departments for media relations, writing, client service, etc. So we decided that we would have senior level people working directly with the clients and the media, and we take an integrated approach to working directly with our clients' marketing directors like Gail Miller. That's exactly what we've done the last 21 years. All right, and I know that's how you uh, both built a business, personal business relationship through your working together. And a little bit later in the program, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about that, and I'm going to have Gail Miller join in on the conversation. But before we do that, I have one more question for you, Terry. Maybe you can talk about your firm's specialization in technology, media, and entertainment. Absolutely. When I started working after college in the 80s, companies were adopting PCs and trying to find ways to be more efficient. You remember the days before PCs. <laughs> we knew technology was the future, and my background in technology and telecommunications PR started even before I started my own company. In fact, I was part of the team that worked with the media in the early 80s on the very first computer virus, one of the Trojan horse viruses, and how to fix it using Virex from one of our clients. It's really hard to believe how much the world has changed since then. It is, but there are still plenty of viruses and malware and the rest of that out there, and if anything, it's gotten harder to fix it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I promised you that Gail Miller would become part of the conversation, and so it's now Gail's turn. Uh, Gail, as I said a little bit ago, you and Terry had worked together. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Happy to, Rick. I am a marketing executive focusing primarily on B2B marketing for smaller divisions of large companies. Okay. Uh, during my career, I've led the marketing departments for ITT, Delphi Automotive, and Toshiba, where I met Miss Terry over there. Those are all big firms, aren't they? They are. Large companies. Large companies, but I primarily focused on the smaller divisions, the under $100 million division. Uh, so when you assume big budget and a lot of staff, that's not what I was running into. Right. In the spirit of full disclosure, <laughs> yeah. Gail and I worked together for a period of time at Delphi, yes. and the division that we worked for, while it's big in terms of uh, the marketplace, mm -hmm. it was small in terms of Delphi, and we always felt that we were sort of the stepchild. For we are. So is that an area of specialization for you, is being able to help those companies with big brands but maybe not known in the industry that they're currently Absolutely. in? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because you've got to do two things when that happens. One, how to get the attention when the 500-pound gorilla division is getting all the attention, all the money. And two, how to work with a lot less money and a lot less people, but work smart. And a lot of times, people fall on that crutch of money and staff and don't work smart. Right. So so let's talk about when you joined T Toshiba mm -hmm. and you and Terry got mm -hmm. to meet each other. Can you, can you share a little bit of your experience there? Yes. What worked out there was really very interesting. Terry had already been a... Uh, had already been a consultant to Toshiba before I came on board. What I liked about her organization, as well as her, her approach to things, was she made you feel you were getting 100% of her time. Hmm. I also feel very strongly about getting 
local talent using smaller organizations. I've worked with the big ad companies. Uh, I like working with the smaller companies, I think, uh, beyond the budgetary constraint, lack of constraints, I should say. Uh, You also have, I think, a better one-on-one relationship. Sure. And and you're getting, based on how you introduced your firm to our Mm -hmm. audience, Sarah, you're getting a senior-level skill set, an executive-level season person who then is also in the market and working with you and that sounds like it's perfect to work with divisions like you've led mm-hmm. to gail where they yeah. where they are really used to kind of being um s- the smaller sister division i know when we were at delphi time yeah. to time again people just thought we were in the automotive space and we Absolutely. were in computers and military and aerospace yeah. and almost everything but that I mean, we were in the other markets yeah right? exactly in the new markets <laughs> in the new uh, markets. so that's an inside joke ladies and gentlemen <laughs> all right we're here on critical mass radio show we're going to be taking a break here in about two minutes mm-hmm. but i wanted to um find out where i am i've got so many good questions i want to <laughs> ask you two guys uh, i guess i'm going to stay with you gail okay. and, and um can you tell me a little bit mm-hmm. about in the planning process uh, when, when working with Gail and with PR in B2B sales, mm-hmm. uh, how is her firm able to help you market in a B2B space? Because I, you know, I was just talking to earlier today, a lot of public relations firms, you kind of think of maybe B2C, but in B2B, that's equally important to have a professional public relations organization standing behind you. Can you share a little bit about the work that Terry's company did for you at Toshiba? Most definitely. The first thing that we did, and most companies unfortunately do fall short in this area, is that PR was an integral part of the marketing budget, the marketing campaign. Uh, What we needed to do was integrate what we're doing in PR into our brand message, which means they had to be part of everything from naming the product, which they were part, part and parcel of, to even more intense campaign development, whether it be for social media, PR, public relations, uh, uh, releases, that sort of thing. They had to be there for all of it. They aren't an adjunct to the marketing campaign. They are an integral part of it. That almost sounds different than working with an advertising agency. It is. In in my sense. I mean, this is much more organic, right? Public relations. It's more in the DNA of the company from the Mm -hmm. way you're describing it than what I would think of with you go out with an advertising campaign. Absolutely. And so that working relationship has to even be more cohesive. Absolutely. Terry and her people who worked with us knew just as much about the competitors and our business as we did. And that's what made them so good at public relations because they they get in deep to understand what the company's differentiation is as well as the competitors and the, the landscape. The so competitive hope, landscape. hope it's not too odd for you to sit here, Terry, and hear about us talking about you. You're in the same room. You're probably maybe <laughs> blushing on the inside a little oh, bit. Oh, gosh. Yes. But, but it's all goodness, and it's all mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah. Uh, final question before the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seems to me, Terry seems mm-hmm. to me, to be um, quite insightful in asking mm-hmm. questions that are not only cause you to think, but cause you to be a little uncomfortable. I don't know in your working <laughs> relationship if she did that with your company as well. Absolutely. She absolutely did, and uncomfortable is not bad. Right. I'm not saying that in no, a bad way. No, no, I, yeah, no. Yeah. She made us look at things and realize, wow, we've got things on the back burner here that she needs to know about so she can prepare what her campaign's going to be when we launch that product. So it's six months out. She needs to know it. Right. And she would press us. What's going on? What's going on next half? What's going on the rest of the year? And pushing us to look out forward a longer range than the short range what's going to happen in, in the next quarter 
Which is so important. It is. Okay, we're going to take a break. My engineer is telling me it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for our first commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When we come back, I'm going to turn my attention back to Terry Sawyer, and we're going to have a conversation about her agency and the kind of her experience base, social media, marketing strategies. So stay there. We'll be back in three minutes after these commercial messages. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader, tutor, or mentor. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. And welcome back to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I want to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 10,000 shows over the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, let's return to the studio here. We have our two guests. I said Terry Sawyer and Gail Miller. Gail, I want to kind of come back to you because there was something that I didn't get a chance to ask you yeah. in the first segment that I wanted you to talk about. Can, can you share a little bit from your experience in working with Terry and working at Toshiba with social media? We didn't do a lot of Delphi with social media back no. in those days. It's amazing <laughs> how prominent and important it has become for B2B companies. And 10 years ago, what the heck was it, right? Yeah, LinkedIn exactly. was the place you went to get a job. That's right, about if you it. To yeah. Keep your resume current. So, could you give us a little bit of kind of perspective on social media? Absolutely. Thank you. Well, it, it, the intro was perfect, Rick, as usual, because uh, that was exactly it. We were direct, we looked at the market and said we've got to get involved in social media back what six years ago uh, at Toshiba, and my combined group really didn't have a clue. My stepdaughter, my 14-year-old stepdaughter, had better understanding of social media than we did. But this is why Terry's organization differentiates itself. We went to Terry and said, we need a social media expert to come in here, not only tell us what social media is all about, but help us put together a strategy, help us train people so they know how to communicate on social media, because it is slightly different. It is. And we went to her, and because of the way her 
organization works, she was able to grab a hold of a terrific social media expert, Raleigh Gerber, who helped us not only put together a campaign, but an award-winning campaign wow. in about a year's time, which was really um, miraculous. One of the things about Raleigh, too, is she's a certified social media strategist. Mm -hmm. I mean, she has the credentials besides the experience that yes. backs up her ability to help companies. And, with, mm -hmm. and, and without a strategy behind social media, I think you're kind of wasting your time. Absolutely. It's important to know what you expect to achieve mm -hmm. and with which social media platforms you want to achieve it with. And when you have a company that's B2B, such as Toshiba Telecom, you're reaching out to not only the uh, consumers or the users, the business users, but also your dealer network. Right. So it's it's a um, multi-level type of outreach mm -hmm. via any way that you reach out to them. But social media is um, fast becoming one of the um, strongest ways to reach your audiences, whether they're your own dealers or they're your customers or potential customers, partners, etc. Um, as well as doing traditional PR and marketing. It's so cost-effective, yeah. social media, too. It really is. I mean, it really gives a megaphone to people who before couldn't afford to even do anything in the channel. And it's so hard when you have a channel because you're not only, as you said, talking to the end user, but you have to keep everybody kind of marching to the same message. And social media gives you this cadence of frequency that you almost can't afford to do unless you're a huge company through what is called traditional, traditional. media, right? That's correct. You know, one last question on Raleigh. Um, I'm trying to get her to be a future radio show guest, thanks yeah. to an introduction that was done by Terry Sawyer. So, ladies and gentlemen, you may hear Raleigh Gerber being interviewed here on Critical Mass Radio shows in the future. I certainly hope so. Is that the caliber of people that you bring into the engagements that you do for your clients, Terry? Exactly. We bring in senior-level people in each area that we provide services in. So branding, multicultural, multi-generational multi marketing, PR, social media, all the things that we do, we bring in a senior team, we work with the clients one-on-one, -on -one, we integrate into their marketing programs with their marketing directors, and we basically become family. Like, for example, with Toshiba, we've been working with them since 1995. Oh, dear, I'm dating myself. Not a problem with that. And the other side, that thinking of it from a client's perspective, because we have CEOs and business owners of $100 million companies and smaller on the radio, sh mm -hmm. listening to the radio show, mm -hmm. that means you're not burdening me as your client with an expense structure of people who are not going to be brought onto my job. You sort of bring me the talent that I need at a mm -hmm. senior level, and that's all I'm paying you for, I assume. And, and when you need it. At the time, uh, we started with Toshiba back in the 90s. It's interesting. We worked on paper newsletters. Mm -hmm for the dealers and for wow. their consultants. Uh, we worked on um, case studies that were done on paper uh, for the salespeople to go out and sell the phone systems. Um, and as time evolved, we brought in different talent, um, including Raleigh Gerber for social media, to get that program off the ground. And that involved for Toshiba, since it was a whole new thing for that division, training an internal team of four people to work on the social media and setting up an entire blog program. And to this day, we do a weekly blog. Um, so altogether, the team you know, is you know, six people or so that mm -hmm. makes this happen every single week and keeps the social media channels alive on, a, on many times a day. Terry, I'm so glad to hear you say they're still blogging, et cetera, because the other side of the social media challenge is not only creating the strategy and the concept and the content, but it's maintaining it over a long period of time. You really have to 
mm-hmm. it's not something you just do for a while to get some results and then step back out of it. You have to be there continuously, right? Yes, it's the same as all your other marketing mm-hmm. elements, like your public relations, and you want it to all be integrated. If you have a new product announcement, you want to reach out in every one of your uh, marketing channels, PR and social media, through your e-blast, through your website. Your website's basically the mothership where you send everybody back to so you can uh, pull your leads and and go after them for sales because really everything that we do needs to be tied to a company's bottom line you know success what yeah. Are Unheard you of. shocked? I've worked with other public relations people who I'm not sure felt that way. Who should remain nameless because they might be listening to the radio show. No, I'm just teasing. We have uh, about five minutes left in the program, so I'm gonna. I have. I had a list of questions that I wanted to ask you to. I was so excited to have you both in the studio. But I'm gonna turn my attention back to Gail for a minute because I wanted to ask Gail if you could maybe share a little bit of what you've learned in business career that our audience of business owners and CEOs of $100 million companies could could learn from. I know you kind of got the Ten Commandments of Marketing. So could, could you give us some of that to our Absolutely. audience? Absolutely. Right. Um, I won't do a whole Letterman top ten for you, but I'll pick out a couple of, of top areas that I think you need to concentrate on. The first one you were just talking about, social media. It's here. You need to engage in it, but you also, to your point, you need to stay true to who you are and be with it 100% of the time. So if you have a short amount of time, which most small to medium businesses say their biggest shortage is time to do things. Don't get on every single site. You don't have to get on Twitter, on Pinterest, you know, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Pick one, maybe two, and start there and slowly build. You don't have to go to everyone all at once, okay. which is really important for people to remember. One other thing that Terry didn't mention that, that really helped us, when Raleigh set up our social media we were not doing any SEM sales automation on the internet, no SEO. Okay. And we naturally got to the first place on the website, where, on the web search, when you put in Toshiba Telecom without spending a dime okay. on. SEM, SEO, because of the blogs, of the tweets, of the posts. So you can get there. You just have to focus in a different way than what you used to think right. you had to. Yeah, a more organic approach, Exactly, right? yeah, sounds- exactly, yeah. Great. Because to get to number one on a natural ser- on a search is a lot of money. And if you're, not on the, <laughs> if you're not on the first page of the search results, you don't exist. Exactly. People don't go to the second page anymore. They assume they got to try a different term, right? Yep. It's absolutely. my fault that I didn't. Yeah. So if yep. you're not on the first page, you don't exist. It's absolutely true. Okay. Uh, one of my other uh, important topics, and this is one of Terry's favorites, marketing, particularly B2B marketing, is like Texas Hold'em poker. Okay? I love Texas Hold'em. Daniel Naganu is my favorite player. Um, but the reality is that the best hand doesn't always win. And that works in marketing as well. You can have the biggest budget in the world, but if you don't have the right strategy, the right message, and the right channel to your customer, right. you're not going to win. And that's what is so important when developing a campaign. 
you got to know who you're going after and what their pain point is. If you don't, you can, you can run ads on the Super Bowl. Right. It's not going to get you a darn bit of sales. Uh-huh. Don't dive in without a plan. Exactly. Really? Don't. Mm-hmm. So when you, in your engagements, Terry, uh, is that where you start with your clients? I mean, I'm not doing any work until I get the plan, or how, how does that work for you? Well, you we, always, we always plan first. It's really important to have a strategy and to work with the marketing leadership to know what their goals and you know, objectives are and how to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you have to actually do a little bit of both at the same time and rush because you've got a product announcement or trade show or whatever. So it's oftentimes that... Our job is a juggling act. Right, right. But at the end of the day, as you said earlier, it's all about the bottom line, right? It's all about the, the bottom line. Or at least line. the top line. In some way, you need to affect the business from a financial aspect as well. Visibility, positively. credibility, and results. That's what we aim for. Oh, I like that. What a great what a great thought to wrap this up. So if someone would like to learn more about T and Company or Terry and Gail. So let's start with you, Terry. How do people learn more about you and your firm? You can visit our website at www tandco.me and that's and was spelled out and my phone number is 714-801-1687 I welcome your calls great and Gail yes I can be reached through LinkedIn at Gail Catherine Miller Uh, please remember K-A-T-H-R-Y-N because there are over 500 Gail Millers there (laughs) 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 the problem of having a common name (laughs) or much easier you can reach me at 949 212-0960. I want to thank you both for coming in and sharing just a slice of what you know about public relations, marketing, B2B space. It's been thoroughly enjoyable. You are friends of the program and a valuable part of our business community. It's great to have both of you here. It's been a lot of energy. And uh, we're going to take a commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. And when we come back, our second guest, Justin Sachs, will be in studio. We'll be back after these words. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. 
The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO peer groups. CEO peer groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. And welcome back to this installment of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our programs. We delivered over 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. If you'd like to learn more, contact our advertising department at 949 949- 887-4104. All of our shows can be found on our website, criticalmass4business.com, and we stream live every week here, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays on octalkradio.net. All right, our guest now is Justin Sachs. He's a serial entrepreneur with multiple revenue streams. We're going to be talking about many of them today, probably not all of them, but I'd also like to focus on one of your properties, which is Motivational Press. But welcome to the program, Justin. Thank you. It's great to be with you. It's good to have you. Why don't we start by asking you to share a little bit about your background. We say here on the radio show your path to your current endeavors. So what is your background? Sure. Well, I've done a lot of different things with a lot of different highly uh, successful experts, and that's kind of the education component of, of what's brought me to where I am today. Um, starting way back when I was very young, I worked with uh, Anthony Robbins, who many of us know as the highly powerful uh, peak performance expert. Yes, I've, been right? to, I've been to several of his seminars, read a lot of his books, bought many of his tapes. You know the drill. Absolutely. So I worked with him for a while and then did some work with Mark Victor Hansen, who co-wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. Sure. and he used to be based here in Orange County. Um, and he taught me a lot about the book industry, which is kind of how I started in, in the authorship world, the peak performance world, the leadership world, and then ultimately started my publishing company, which is where I spend most of my time now is really supporting authors to become successful, uh, helping them to reach people all over the world with their message uh, and really establish themselves most successful. And that's motivational press? Yes. Okay, so let's let's drill down a little bit on that. I, um, I think your business model is really – the business model around this – property is really exciting and i think it's definitely needed there are a lot of in this world of people publishing and wanting to write books there's a lot of opportunity for people to uh put their thoughts down and have others learn from them what what role does motivational press play in helping an author get their book to the market and to their clients we do everything from content development uh, some of our authors are, are great talkers, but they don't want to write. So we have ghost writers that can support them with that. Okay. Um, we also do coaching for them. Some of them like to write and want to have their hand on every word that's that's written. So okay. we can coach them through the process of making sure that those words come across as powerfully as possible and really represent their credibility and expertise as much as possible. Uh, then we do everything from the packaging, the editing, the uh, distribution and publishing, and then the marketing and promotion. So it's a full package, everything you could possibly need um, in the book business we handle for you. Okay, so uh, I have to ask you, why did you decide to get into that space? 
because <laughs> some some of our guests who are CEOs and business owners might be thinking, well, getting into the book publishing business isn't that hasn't that ship sailed? In a lot of senses, it has. I mean, okay. the the wave of technology is changing so fast in the publishing industry, like a lot of industries out there. But specifically in the publishing industry, we're seeing a, a huge wave of, of change that's occurred. But my story of how I first got into it uh, is actually one of, of trials and tribulations, if you will, of, of some, what some would call failure. And, and that is that I wrote my first book uh, because my friend Mark Victor Hansen told me, everybody has to write a book. When are you going to write it? Okay. So I wrote my first book for teens, um, and I followed all my advisors' advice, which I recommend other people do too. The only problem was they advised me to have it be four inches by five inches, which is unlike any other book on the market. It's spiral bound, which is unlike any other book traditionally in the trade market, and it was priced at $10. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The price per book, my cost, unless I were to spend you know, a fortune buying books in huge Bulk, volumes right. by the thousands, my price was $4.50 per book. The problem with that is Amazon takes 50%. Well, that brings me down to $5, and I still <laughs> have to get the book to Amazon. I lost money every time I sold a copy of that book. And so that taught me so much about right. how not to do the publishing industry right. um, that it became the the right answer for me at the time to teach others how to do it successfully and then ultimately how to build their expert brand successfully so that they're not just making a dollar two on every book copy that they sell or even three or five dollars on every book copy that they sell but ultimately how to build the brand around that so that they can build the seminars the workshops the speaking engagements all the different components that an expert has right. to build their overall brand and business right so it's it's really a customized full suite of of brand building tools that any business needs to really elevate your credibility, build more clients, and build more customers worldwide. So what's the profile of a typical author who comes to you to help them get their book into the market? It's a great question. We work with everyone from the uh, business owner who just is getting started, really has no connection to the the broad market outside of his individual customers in, in his current business right. and wants to really expand that uh, nationally and internationally. Okay. So we do that on, on one hand, and then we work with authors who have done 10, 15, 20 books previously and are looking to put their next book into the market as, as powerfully as possible, uh, make as much money per book as possible, which is you know not always the case with most publishers out there, yeah, that's... Um, and ultimately have a marketing arm behind them to really support them with launching it as much as possible. So, so take me through, just at a high level, from your experience, the benefits of working with your firm over going the purely self-published route for an author, because there may be some in the... I'm, it's amazing to me how many people have a book that they plan on writing, and I think they should write it. I think everybody, if you have a book, you should get it out. Mark Victor Hansen's experience and advice seems really good. Write your book. It's a th something you leave as a legacy as well, if it's well-written. But can, can you kind of kind of take me down what's the value proposition for working with you overtaking the self-published Sure, absolutely. Well, I think it's an important distinction to make. So many people uh, want to go out there and just put their book up on Amazon, make it available, and, and ultimately hope that the masses will come and purchase, right? Or, or they think that simply because they have a book, they'll become the next Oprah Winfrey or Richard Branson or whomever your favorite author is in the nonfiction world. And the, the truth is that so often that's not the case, right? I would say 98% of the time authors are not successful overnight. 
a true bestseller takes five to ten years to create, right? I mean, Oprah was not an overnight success. Neither was Tony Robbins. Neither was any of your favorite authors. Chicken Soup for the Soul took five years to become a New York Times bestseller. Um, And that was dedicated attention, selling books out of the back of their car, going to different seminars. I mean, (laughs) we're talking, right, serious effort that most people just don't have the persistence. Right. Uh, to really follow through on in order to create that level of success. So what we've done is we've created kind of a system that gives them all of the marketing tools that they could possibly need so that it's not just about getting the book out there. It's not just about having the most powerful cover in the marketing place, which, by the way, the secret is that people do actually judge a book by its cover. Um, (laughs) You know, as much as they say that's not true, it really is true. Um, And so you have to have the most powerful cover in the marketplace. You have to have the broadest distribution in the marketplace so you can reach people all over the world And you have to have the most powerful marketing engine behind you. You need to have book reviews, media interviews, international rights opportunities, um, catalogs featuring you. You need to have as many different opportunities to sell that book as possible and as many different opportunities to reach people as possible because it's not just a, you know, put it in the marketplace and expect it to sell. It never happens. Yeah, word of mouth will just carry you away. Yeah, right. Right. Okay, I've got about a minute left before our next commercial break, but I'm wondering, Justin... Help me then to understand, for those people that might be going, well, this sounds really interesting, what's your revenue model, Not nothing confidential or that you're not comfortable sharing publicly, but how does that relationship work between you and the author? Well, it depends on the author in a lot of senses. Uh, we do a lot of different types of deals depending on how powerful the author is. Right. But we work with a lot of new authors to make it as powerful for them because we know that a new author is working on building their revenue up front as much as possible, um, and we want to support them in that endeavor. So oftentimes we can give them a huge percentage of the royalties, sometimes 60, 70, even 80% of what comes to us simply in being able able to um, support them in, in a highly powerful way with the marketing. Then we work with some you know, veteran authors who are getting four times what they currently get with their traditional publishers, so they're able to really make a lot more money and have a lot more success working with us. Right. Okay. Excellent. Well, we're going to come back after this commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. You use the word persistence. I'm, I'm a big fan of persistence. I think it's the key differentiator to success in life. If I remember correctly, you wrote on the subject of persistence, right? I did. I have a best-selling book, The Power of Persistence, that uh, just did its five-year anniversary edition. Wow. So we've got that and a lot more to talk about when I return with the interview with Justin Sachs. And stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else. And that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News & World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. And it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News & World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, 
middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 10,000 shows over the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued support. All of our shows can be heard live here on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and other business-oriented podcasting services. Justin Sachs, our serial entrepreneur with multiple revenue streams, is my second guest here on the program. Before the break, we started just to tease him a little bit about your book on persistence. Can you give us a little more meat about that book? Absolutely. Well, in essence, it's a study of some of the most successful individuals on the planet and how they got that way, right? And when I say successful, I don't just mean monetarily. I don't just mean business. I mean everything from health to relationships to uh, personal development to losing weight to, I mean, everything you could possibly want, right? We did a research, uh, a study on the adversity that they faced because every single one of them faced something that could have stopped them, something that could have held them back right. in their pursuit to be successful. And then how they overcame that success, persisted through the adversity, and became successful, right? I mean, it's everyone from the story of the uh, Colonel Sanders with Kentucky Fried Chicken to Abraham Lincoln, right? We all know both of those stories, okay. right? Abe Lincoln failed six different times in politics and business and then finally became the President of the United States. Colonel Sanders failed, what was it, two thousand and six or something times he was told no out of the back of a station wagon selling his mother's uh, fried chicken recipe before he finally was told yes and that's what became uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, so many on, uh, entrepreneurs have faced that adversity, faced that, that time in which they would have failed, right? And I often ask the question, how many times would it have taken for you to have quit? when they kept telling you no, 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 right, along your journey to success. Um, because so many people would have stopped where these individuals kept pushing, kept succeeding, um, and that's what ultimately produced their success now. And your book is available? All over the world, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Chapters in Canada, you name it, we're available. Okay, and the title is again? The Power of Persistence. Okay, and Justin Sachs is S-A-C-H-S. All you right. got it. I would, that sounds like a great book. I'm going to have to go online and buy that. I, I'd like to read that. I, I believe in the power of peer learning, and there are tons of examples that you can learn from. And the final conversation, I think persistence is the overarching quality of success. Absolutely. There's no substitute for it. You're absolutely right? right. You can be the most talented, smart, blah, 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 but if you're the person that keeps showing up and delivering value and delivering value, 
eventually you're going to punch through. You know, I'm, I'm on another radio show in a few days, and we're talking about what's the problem in the economy. Why are so many people unemployed, and why are they staying unemployed, wow. right? And and one of the topics we're going to discuss is the power of persistence and why that's so important and why so many people give up on their journey to get reemployed or get employed for the first time if they're just leaving college. Why do people give up? Uh, and settle for something much smaller than uh, they necessarily should deserve or or should be at, right? right? Why do they settle for less? And and the answer oftentimes is just that lack of persistence, and it's lack of trying something different, right? I'm sure, you know, in all your peer learning that you do, you talk a lot about how one strategy doesn't always work for everybody. You have to adapt, you have to shift, and you have to move forward in, in the most powerful and creative way possible, f- figure out what works even when the first strategy doesn't. Right. Wow, that's great. I uh, I would love to listen to that interview. you have to let me know when that's going to be on. Uh, you, We talked, you have a number of books. We talked about the Persistence book, but you and you also do DVDs. And I guess I, I'd like to know a little bit about the book Ultimate Business Mastery. Ultimate Business Mastery was supposed to be the quick handbook. We decided to do uh, to do a quick handbook that gave you everything you needed to know in, a, in less than 100 pages on uh, quick tips for business, right? So how you can open up the chapter and learn about how to build affiliates, Build referral sources and ultimately produce more leads. How to, you know, amp, uh, ramp up your sales force. How to uh, get new marketing uh, into your system without spending a lot of money. All of the most important things you need for business, uh, we threw in there and as as quick a tidbit as possible, so that everyone can can ultimately start a business in less than eighty pages. Wow. Okay. Again, it's available all over the world. All Same. over the world. Yeah, all, all, over. all over the place. Okay. So I've got to ask you when you went to work with Anthony Robbins. Was that an intentional decision, or was that kind of a luck of the draw? You applied to a number of places, and you ended up getting hired. No, it was it was very intentional. I, I was lucky enough to be in one of his seminars very early on. My parents dragged me to it. <laughs> and um, I was a teenager at the time, and I said, there's no way I'm going to enjoy this. I just get out of school for two days. I'm going, right? Right. And it turned out to be one of the most rewarding experiences. I ended up working for him and learned everything to do in business and everything not to do in business. Um, You know, I learned how important marketing and and mass marketing can be to really be successful. The more people you reach, the better your sales force. The more people you reach, the better your marketing and the more results you'll find, right? I mean, ultimately, lead generation is all about how many potential prospects within your target market you can reach. And that was one of the most powerful business lessons I, I learned from him. Um, and then additionally, uh, I also learned that, that some of the most important things you can do in business are keeping your word, following through with exactly what you say right. you're going to do. And then um, under-promise and over-deliver is, is something that I've taken into business right. and, and found to be a critical component because so many people over-promise and under-deliver, and it, it causes their brand to uh, to really deflate. And what I believe is producing the highest level of customer loyalty you possibly can, where you get more referrals from your customers than you do from any other partner you have. And uh, so we we ended up writing my most recent book, was Customer Loyalty, all about how to maintain that customer loyalty, how to gain it if you've lost it, Uh and how to make sure that your customers are coming back and not just coming back, but sending you all of their friends and family, too, because they should be your customers and clients. Exciting. You know, I've had the good fortune to attend several Anthony Robbins seminars. To be honest, I haven't been to one since the turn of the century back in 1998, 99. I went to a number of them, and I was unsure uh, what I was to expect. I kind of knew him from TV. But when you see him work an audience for a two-day seminar where he's giving what I think is every bit of energy this guy has, there's no way he's not genuinely authentic about wanting to help thousands of people change their life in a weekend. 
Right. Well, I mean, Tony Robbins is at a place now where he doesn't need to do those seminars. He does them because it's so important for him to give back to humanity in such a powerful way. Right. I mean, the man is plenty financially right. you know, secure. He doesn't have to do that. Right. Um, but he chooses to because it's for him. It's all about making that measurable difference that that he truly can. And it goes to his, his core purpose in life. So, final question here on Critical Mass Radio Show for you, Justin Sachs. Uh, your firm is sort of an all-in-one, it sounds like. it's it, it, You offer consulting, public speaking, marketing tactics, etc. Is there any area of focus that you believe is more important than advising a client on matters of business? I mean, is there an opportunity for more growth within your firm? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're we're constantly growing. Um, you know, we're looking for more ways to establish new marketplaces overseas, right? How can we really get a stronghold in foreign markets? Um, you know, the business world is, is primarily here in the United States, Canada, uh, a little bit in Australia and the United Kingdom. Um, and then there's, there's foreign publishers that will translate primarily United States-based content. So how can we be more effective at harnessing the expertise that these foreign countries have, and how can we take that into, into our business more effectively? So that's just one area we're looking at and, and really growing more effectively. And then additionally, how can we create the new event model? Because, I mean, if any of your clients are, are involved in events, it's harder and harder to get people to a, a success seminar. And I, I don't know whether it's that they were oversold way too many times or if they just don't care about success anymore or, or what it is. But right. it's harder and harder to get people to those seminars. So what's going to be that new model that's going to get people in the room? Uh, and we're constantly looking at how we can adapt and, and create that model. Um, so that's something we're working on as well. That's interesting. I'm wondering from your experience being international, global with your footprint now, Justin, um, are American authors from a business perspective are, is that valuable insight for uh, international markets? Are small business owners, from you, what you can tell in Asia or other continents, uh, are they interested in what uh, American mid-market, middle-market CEOs are writing about and talking about? They're not only very interested in our in our business models and our concepts here, they're also very interested in doing business with American business owners. So it's not only an opportunity for you to take your content, take your expertise, put it on paper and sell it to those foreign countries for them to read. Right. It's an opportunity for you to take that readership that you develop there and sell them your other products and services that you already offer. I mean, it's a huge market potential. If you think about the United States is such a small percentage of the of the world, right? right? In terms of our population, how could you triple, quadruple, I mean, even 10 times your current target market simply by going overseas and international? Well, those are good questions. If someone wants to learn more about you and your firms, how do they find you online? We're available at jsachs.com, J-S-A-C-H-S.com, or you can go to motivationalpress.com as well. I want to thank you for a, a riveting uh, interview. You're, you're fun to listen to and talk with, and you're doing a lot of good work for people who I'm sure are benefiting both personally, spiritually, and financially from being a partner with you. I, I encourage anyone in the listening audience who's considering writing a book to take a look at what Justin's firms have to offer. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. For I'd like to thank you for being a friend of the program and welcome to the community. Shame on me for not saying that to you. Thank you. But I am going to... Uh, Wrap it up by thanking our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategy, Smart Business Magazine, Decision Toolbox, Vanguard University, and the Center Club. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. And our social media manager is Asia Celestino. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions move your company in a positive direction.
You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.